0: Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Boucher, and this is the AIF Exchange, a podcast from the American Action Forum, where experts provide clear data-driven insights into today's economic and domestic policy issues. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. On this podcast, I'll be talking with Jacqueline Varis, the Director of Immigration and Trade Policy here at American Action Forum, about her proposal on legal immigration reform. Jacqueline, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Jackie, the last time you were on, we talked about the economic importance of legal immigration. And during that podcast, you mentioned that you, along with AF President Douglas holtz have developed your own proposal for reforming the immigration system. Tell us about this plan.
1: Yes, that we have. Doug and I spent a lot of time thinking about how we can use immigration policy to be a tool of economic growth. Because as I talked about um, during our last podcast together, research and history shows that immigration benefits Americans and the U.S. economy immensely. However, our current system was not set up intentionally to take advantage of those benefits. So our proposal is an attempt to fix that basically by making it easier for people who want to come here legally to be able to do so and contribute to our economy, at the same time giving businesses access to the workers that they need.
0: Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this proposal as well is you've been traveling to Iowa and New Hampshire to discuss this with, with everybody. So it's awesome that you're getting some, some play on this. But I think it begs the question of why now? I mean, Congress is dealing with impeachment and other trying to prevent a government shutdown. So it doesn't look like they're going to do anything. So, again, why now?
1: You're right. Immigration reform is hard. And Congress definitely has its hands full right now with impeachment and keeping the government from shutting down. But it wasn't too long ago, just in 2013, that we had comprehensive immigration reform passed the Senate. And people are in agreement that something needs to be done on immigration. We have a broken system. So the purpose in us creating this plan was to have a solution available for when the time's right. Mm
0: -hmm. So you're just basically looking to the future so that once Congress finally decides that, okay, it's time to all get on the same page and compromise, We're ready to go.
1: Absolutely. Trying to be prepared.
0: Awesome. So walk us through this plan. I mean, it's a big plan. There's obviously a lot of details, but give us, you know, the top line.
1: Sure. um, We created a point system That would identify people based on characteristics known to advance the economy. So that includes valuing both high skilled workers and low skilled workers, building in flexibility to the immigration system so that not only can we respond to different economic needs across the country, but changing economic needs over time. And then also, we didn't put a limit on legal immigration. Um, we think those things together would be a great improvement for our for our country.
0: All right. So let's talk about each of those in turns. You started with um, saying that you know both high and low skilled workers are valued under this proposal. So give us some examples about how you do this.
1: Well, so the point system, one, identifies high-skilled workers in the traditional way. So we award points for your education level. Um, There's also points for English language ability, work experience, uh, just the classic things you think of under a point system. But we know as economists here that not every job requires a college degree. So because of that, if you don't qualify based on your education level or your traditional high-skilled experience, we built in a temporary visa system where you can come to the United States, uh, get an employer to agree to give you a job, and then demonstrate your labor market value by working for a period of years to get a points bump that way.
0: All right. So why is it important to have both high and low-skilled workers?
1: That's a great question. There's a lot of focus on the value of high skilled labor. You see that with the big push for um, getting students in STEM programs, you know, science, technology, engineering, math. There's a similar push getting immigrants in STEM fields um, to come to the country. And the president's plan actually exclusively focuses – um, immigration on higher-skilled workers. If you don't know, the president released his own immigration reform plan earlier this year. I think it was in May. Um, the reason that our plan differs and the reason we disagree with that approach is because most of our labor shortages are in lower skilled fields like agriculture and construction. Um, The United States right now has an unemployment rate of only 3.5 percent, the lowest in almost 50 years. So we don't just need the higher skilled folks, the PhDs. We need workers to fill the open jobs that we're not going to find anyone here to fill. So because of that. Our plan focuses on uh, immigrants across
0: skill levels. Mm-hmm. You don't hear a lot about the, the labor shortages in low-skilled, so that's that's very interesting that you guys chose to focus on on that a little bit more. I think this goes into our second your second point a little bit about the flexibility in the system. What you're saying is that this is not a one-size-fits-all solution and that your system would have the flexibility to meet shifting labor needs at both the national and state levels. Walk us through this part.
1: Yeah, our current immigration system is very stagnant. It is incapable of changing uh, based on the economy or or based on different conditions in the country. It's just kind of this number of visas, um, and that's it. What we wanted to do was build in flexibility, because the economy today looks nothing like it did 30 years ago. And if I had to bet it looks nothing like it will in another 30 years. So to build in that flexibility, we um, awarded bonus points for individuals in high demand occupations. And the definition of high a occupa- high demand occupation can change from one year to the next. Also, we gave states the ability to say which workers they need in any given year. So for instance, uh, one year Maryland can say I need crab pickers. And um, Iowa could say I need mechanical engineers, right? And that can change over time. So building and flexibility is a very important part of what we propose.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the future aspect to all of this where, you know, who knows what the economy is going to need 10, 20 years down the road. So that's awesome. Now, the, uh, the big one here that you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that your proposal would eliminate the immigration caps. That sounds like a really big deal. Explain your thinking.
1: It is a big deal. Um, And it's a bit controversial, I'd imagine. The caps as they're currently set out are extremely arbitrary. They're set by Congress not for economic reasons, but for political ones. So because of them, because of these limits on legal immigration, you get exorbitant wait times for people who are qualified to come to the United States, but they have to wait 10 or 20 years before they're allowed to move. Um, You get this dynamic in the business community where businesses demand more workers than they have access to. You see that a lot with H-1B visas where there's never enough H-1B visas to satisfy business demand. And you get this huge incentive for illegal immigration because if I'm not going to get a visa, I'm just going to try to cross the border and get in the country any way I can. So instead of having those arbitrary limits, we propose that the number of new legal immigrants each year be equal to the number of qualified applicants, which is another way of making immigration policy responsive to economic conditions.
0: Well, when you explain it like that, it all makes sense. (laughs) So let's let's talk a little bit about you know the current system the current immigration system how is it working right now
1: The current immigration system really hasn't been meaningfully changed since 1965 about Two thirds of green cards given out each year are based on family relationships. Um, The next highest category are given for humanitarian reasons, so you can think refugees, asylum seekers. If you don't count the family members of immigrant workers, only 6% of visas are given for economic reasons.
0: 6%?
1: Yeah, only 6%. Um, And that number is inflexible. It's based on law. It can't be any higher than that.
0: Like a congressional law, basically, that just says you can only have 6% of ec- for economic need.
1: It, it's all based on those immigration limits, right? So unless you expand the number of visas, that's not changing. Um, wow. So the current setup as it stands makes it extremely difficult for someone without family ties to immigrate to the United States legally.
0: Mm -hmm. There's one thing in, in that I want to talk about a little bit, and that's the current focus basing it on family reunification. I think we can all agree there's obvious benefits to family reunification. Does your proposal eliminate family ties as a factor?
1: No, I don't envision our proposal replacing family-based immigration because you're right. um, It does have benefits for culture. It's shown to help people assimilate. It strengthens communities. What we were trying to do was not replace family-based immigration, but simply make it easier and in a lot of cases make it possible at all for someone who wants to come here but does not have family in the United States to be able to do that um, in order to contribute to the economy
0: so we've talked about the proposal we've talked about the problems with the current system just to wrap it all up how would your plan significantly improve the process and outcomes of legal immigration in the United States
1: people say the immigration system's broken and it is um, so our plan is an attempt to correct that the fastest and best way you could do that is just to give people an opportunity to become legal immigrants because right now it is not easy we do not make it easy for you uh if you want to be a legal immigrant to be able to move to the united states so given all of the proven economic benefits of immigration um we wanted to fix the problem. You know, a lot of people view immigration as something to help the immigrants. But really, we need it as a country to survive. We need to ensure our population grows and and that we don't enter into economic decline. Um, Without immigration, we become Japan. So our proposal is a way to both fix a broken immigration system and spur economic growth in a very powerful way.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm sure we will be hearing a lot more about that proposal as we move forward. But I am going to ask you to play fortune teller and take out your crystal ball. And I, what are the chances that uh, this becomes law?
1: It's all about timing, right? Um, And it's easy to be discouraged, especially given the fact that Congress doesn't seem to be able to do much of anything these days. Uh, But there is some encouraging developments out there. So right now, you have an agriculture bill in the House that's basically mini comprehensive immigration reform. It would establish new green cards for agricultural workers. It even would have a legalization for the current undocumented agricultural workers, and uh, establish mandatory E-Verify. So it's really all there, just on a smaller scale. Um, it's very bipartisan, an equal number of Democratic and Republican co-sponsors. So if that's any indication of what's possible, I'm hopeful.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you a lot more about immigration and even trade, which you also deal with, uh, on future podcasts. But before we let you go, I've got to ask you about something fun and exciting in your that that's going on with you. Um, and I've recently heard that you're about to attend your uh, favorite band or one of your favorite bands, Mumford's and Sons. So talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. So um as many people in the office know, I'm a huge music music freak. I'm in love with music. Okay. And Mumford's uh, the band that made me fall in love with music. So I recently got tickets. They're coming to the Anthem in D.C., which is my favorite venue. If y'all listening haven't been, you really should. Um, so that's just in a few weeks, and I'm super pumped.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing the audience might know about me, but I am the opposite, and I know literally nothing about music. So, but I'm sure that will be a fun time for you.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited.
0: I haven't been to the Anthem yet, so I'm assuming and I've heard great things that it's a, uh, it's a great venue. So I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun there. Uh, Jackie, thanks for coming on today.
1: Uh, thanks so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Tune back in for our next episode where our experts will provide clear, data-driven insights into today's economic and domestic issues. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. I'd also encourage you to check out any of the links in our show notes and also follow us on social media to learn more about AAF.